Mike Golick Jr. Now it seems like everyone's got their oars and is rowing in the same direction in Green Bay, and that's a dangerous thing. Breaking down everything happening on the gridiron. Using a tenth of the creativity that colleges do, I think makes a more exciting brand of football. And other important topics. You are afforded a great deal more of whatever Reese's version of peanut butter is inside that thing when you rock with the holiday shapes, and then you just get that little coating of chocolate that kind of sends you down the path of flavor town. It's Gojo on Shin, Gabe, and Chewy. We're just over here watching highlights from the Titans-Bills game last night. Mike Golick Jr., happy. Happy? Are you happy? Are you happy to join us? We are happy to have you join us. How's that work? I'm always happy to join you guys, of course. <laughs> I know. I was just assuming, obviously. Not not misspeaking <laughs> by any means. Gojo, lots of things going on here this morning. Uh, we were listening to Stephen A., who said that the Packers would automatically be a Super Bowl team if they went out and got OBJ. So we put it on our ESPN Milwaukee Twitter poll. Listeners can go ahead and weigh in there and let us know what they think. What say you? Do you think that the Packers should go out and get an offensive talent like OBJ? Because the consensus around here is their issues are on the defensive side of the ball from a personnel standpoint. Yeah, I, I think we've, and, and boy, the Packers roster construction has really been gone through with a fine-tooth comb over this offseason after all the wailing and gnashing of teeth with Aaron Rodgers. So I feel like we're all pretty well-versed in that. And you're right, I, I think it is defensively at this point. Like, we've looked at this team long enough to know and go, all right, the offense were pretty good. We have heard about all the things that Brian Gutenkunz and company have done, where they've hit on this side of the ball and how they put this together for Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, having another playmaker is always nice. I know we've had this conversation around Aaron for years on what they should and shouldn't have done offensively to go and get him more during this, you know, quote-unquote Super Bowl window. But I feel like we all firmly know where the issues are now. So it'd be fine, but it's not worth giving up anything meaningful for, especially because you're right, I think all your assets got to go to making sure you can stop people when it comes down to it. Because the AFC right now, that whole ball of yarn over there, we're going to try to figure out who the hell is good. The NFC is juggernaut. You've got to be able to go to work on this thing, and the Packers are going to need the bodies on that side. Mike, is Baker done in Cleveland? And the only reason I ask that is because I believe that is the prime landing spot for Aaron Rodgers at the end of the year. Is he done there? I don't think so. Now, a lot's going to depend on health for the remainder of the season. But, like, I've never looked at Baker as the problem in Cleveland. Quite the opposite. Like, he's steadied a position that has been so volatile for so long in that city. And he's done it really well, like, Baker's a very good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. Physically, I think we saw some of those limitations with all the people that were missing for Cleveland this weekend. You know, you had no Nick Chubb back there. Both his starting tackles were out, and the guy had to run around and try and elevate the team in a way that he couldn't. He is not Lamar Jackson. He is not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Pat Mahomes in that way. But I still think he is worth being the long-term answer at quarterback there because he's young and can continue to grow with this team because he has been part of the reason that has lifted you out of all the obscurity there. So I think it's got to be at the right price. I mean, listen, if Aaron Rodgers suddenly became available, would it be worth looking long and hard at? Hell yeah. But you've also got a quarterback I think you can grow with for a while in Baker Mayfield that, again, if you can get him at the right price, can be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He ain't going to be the reason like Aaron is, but he can be definitely a great, you know, 
He's like, he won't be the driver on your road trip to the Super Bowl, but he can be the guy in the passenger seat rocking a great pay- playlist when you pass in the aux court. He is fully capable of that. All right, a bit of a curveball for you here, Gojo, but I attended a wedding over the weekend that had seven different speeches. Seven different speeches. What is the sweet spot when you're at a wedding and the wedding reception in terms of the speeches? Uh, really, I think it should be three. Like, it should be... Whoever the maid of honor and the man of uh, and the uh, and the best awesome. man are in that one getting to make the speeches here, and then father of the bride, like it, it should be that simple. And everyone's got to know you're not the focus of this. Like the fact that there are seven people talking clearly indicates that there are way too many people that believe they are way too important a part of this process. Like, I know we are all here to support and bear witness. I have been to a lot of weddings. I have been in a lot of weddings here. And the one thing I have learned along the way, I'm getting ready for my sister's wedding coming up this spring. Less is more. We yeah. are trying to get to the bar and the dance floor. Listen, I am, pro, I am pro time limits on speeches. I think there should oh. be a clock like you see at, at NFL stadiums. It should be like a two-minute drill. You got to get two minutes. The woman at our wedding, God love her, but she's a friend of my husband's. She talked for at least nine minutes. Nine oh. minutes of talking at mm. our wedding. And we were like, what is happening? And you, you're sitting there and you're smiling and you're doing the thing. Like, is this still going on? Okay. <laughs> well, could you have written? Because here's the thing about most of the speeches that I heard on Saturday night. You could have written, the, between the group that we currently have here, I think we could have written most of them. Like, they hit every single wedding cliche that you think that you could possibly hit. So, you know, like, maybe there was a personal anecdote here or there, but there was just so many generalities and, like, cliches. We could have written them. Pro-personal anecdote, anti-cliche. I'm pro-personal anecdote. If you have a good story that illustrates, you know, relationships. Know, and- I don't know if you guys know this, but life has its ups and downs. <laughs> I've heard that. I heard that. <laughs> Let me tell you what, guys. Sarah used to be pretty crazy back in the day. We got into our fair share of shenanigans. But exactly. I'm going to tell you guys about that here. Off the cuff, he's just going to give us the maid of honor speech that gave her Nailed this weekend. It. He wasn't even at the wedding. That's amazing. Um, since we like to do uh, off the wall stuff here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, we figured that you would be an expert in this realm as well, Mike Golick Jr. We saw. A hot dog bun with peanut butter and jelly and a banana. And we are trying to decide here on this special program. Is that because I kind of like it from a utilitarian standpoint. It's nice and tidy, right? Bananas are tricky, especially in sandwiches. Kind of get them to slide out of the bread a little bit. You're trying to keep it all in there. But I feel like the hot dog bun is the solution to that problem. Are you intrigued? I'm not going to lie. So I have often maintained that the hallmark of being a fat kid growing up is you find a way to make sandwiches out of things that are not supposed to be sandwiches. You know, you just kind of look around and you're sort of the MacGyver of the kitchen when it comes to food utility. This is something I hadn't seen coming, but all the parts involved make sense. I think it involves you to really get like, it's sort of like when you go with the Reese's holiday shapes. And it allows you to get a different ratio of peanut butter to chocolate. We have talked about this on this program before. It is built into part of the open when I come on in a way that I greatly appreciate. I think it allows you to do the same here with the peanut butter and jelly ratio on the banana. So, yes, extremely pro this. So much so that, like, 
I think my weekend plans just changed. Like, I, I think I have to do this for scientific research now. But, Mike, let me ask you this, because there was a picture of the hot dog with the banana and the peanut butter and jelly, and there was a bite at either end. Now, if a peripheral friend, peripheral friend came up to you and said, try this, it's really good. Are you biting the other end? Are you biting where they bit? Wait, how do you define peripheral friend? Outside circle? Periphery yeah. of the yeah. circle? I'm always biting the where they bit. the wedding that we were just talking about? <laughs> like, are they at the wedding we were just talking about or not? Um, You see them three times a year. You see the friend. All right. Are you biting the and other end all... of the hot dog bun or are you biting where they bit? I'm biting where they bit. You're biting where they bit? You just said they're a peripheral friend. He's gross, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm disgusting, Mike. I, I, you know what? Like, and I like, don't get me wrong. I generally skew your way, but that's like one area for me. Like, mouth stuff is a little bit of an uncharted territory. Like, where are you guys, especially those of you with like significant others, on the notion of sharing a toothbrush? Because I find that revolting. That is insane. That is insane. If I'm in a jam, if I'm in, in a situation where I it's either use my husband's toothbrush or not brush my teeth. What happened to your I toothbrush? I am using my husband's toothbrush. Yeah, but, but I've got a question. It, hey, he presented the, How the situation. How are you having an emergency with your toothbrush? You go to the dentist like nine times a month. Yeah, you're getting free. You're getting free toothbrushes every time you go. That's a very good point. But if I were in a situation where I didn't have a toothbrush and my husband had one, using his toothbrush is optimal to not brushing my teeth I get and also the all the other stuff that you guys sh- yeah you know, all of the other stuff you guys plex gross <laughs> yeah it's just like it's a different thing like your mouth it's really like there's a lot of stuff going on in there i feel like your mouth is kind of like the bottom of the ocean where we only know so much about it i understand we've got a whole industry of dentistry dedicated to that but for me as a lay person i look at everything going on in there and i'm a little lost and so i'm like do i really want to be sharing the depths of that particular hole in my body with someone else like that i don't know i don't know i don't know but i've seen people let their dog lick their face and that it to me is oh go joe go joe i bet you're you're a dog kisser i think go joe might be a dog kisser have you kissed your dog oh guys not only am i a dog kisser when it comes to my dogs who like listen they could they're they're getting to you know lick the bowl oh yeah we all saw a road trip okay it's your dog but it's your dog it is your dog that being said i'm not opposed like i think the greatest honor that can be bestowed upon you in public is if another person's dog a stranger's dog one if you approach them, decides to approach you and befriend you. But two, if that dog wants to throw some kisses your way, oh, oh no, 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 no. You have been done a great honor, and you must accept that as if it were knighthood from the queen herself. Changing direction one more time with you, because that's what we do here. We just zoop, whip around like a roller coaster. Tonight is ring night in Milwaukee. The Milwaukee Bucks getting their rings. Um, there's a lot of people, Gojo, who are doubting that this team can defend its title. A lot of people picking the Nets, a lot of people picking the Lakers. I look at the Nets and go, <laughs> that Kyrie situation is pretty messy, but what do I know? So I'm curious for you, who do you think that the Bucks can repeat? Oh, yeah, I think the Bucks can absolutely repeat. Like, to your point, if you're you know putting a gun to my head, I'm going to pick the Nets right now just because I saw what that team did last year where you basically mix up the marbles all season and then got those guys on the court in the postseason. 
and they looked like if it were not for health taking over, they would have been the buzzsaw we all predicted. But everything about it is volatile. That is a house of cards that looks like it could blow up at any moment here. So if you're looking for the safe bet, it's 100% Milwaukee. And I know a lot of people have made a big deal about, you know, Giannis, the shooting motion during the preseason, all of these things. Like, do I imagine he is going to become a dynamic three-point shooter anytime soon? No, but to me that just indicates, like, you've got this, and you guys have known this, you've got the right superstar in Milwaukee. Like, he is exactly what you could look for and create in the lab. That just indicates to me that that guy who has already been a multi-time MVP, MVP and now a finals MVP and a champion is going to continue to push and try and find ways to get better. And when that person is the one leading your team with everything they've built there and the foundation that's already in place, you're in a really good spot going forward. Like that is the much more stable bet in this situation because that guy as a foundation is always going to be something you can work with. Yeah, our guy Gabe Neitzel was calling some of the Bucks preseason games for AM620, and I was watching a few of the highlights, and I kept thinking, uh-oh, Giannis learned to shoot. <laughs> he was pretty good on some of those jump shots. Mike Golick Jr., we appreciate you joining the show each and every week during the football season. You can hear more from Gojo on Canty and Golick Jr., 2 to 6 on AM 540, our sister station here in Milwaukee. Thanks, Gojo. Thanks, guys.